Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to, you, talking to you about you and your business. So let's face it, all things media has a profound impact on our lives, and it is our business. And one of my favorite people to talk to, I mean, regular listeners knows I have a great team of people I talk to with incredible media experience. One of my favorites to talk to is Jeremy Murphy, former executive over at CBS, in fact, former vice president there. Uh, he has a uh, phenomenal uh, PR firm an author of a book that really epitomizes uh, problems both in media and in the larger culture that's hilarious, though. It's a very funny book. F off Chloe is the book. Uh, Jeremy, always love having you on the program. Real quickly, a little bit more about your work, your book, and how people learn more about you. Sure. Um, I have about 25 years experience in media. I started as a journalist, then I went into corporate communications for CBS Television, where I was there 14 years. I now run my own uh, business, 360 Bespoke. And last year, I wrote a, a humor book about the culture clash between young and veteran people in the workforce and how uh, I call them the Chloe's and how this younger generation is coming in, but they're very woke and they have their the, the what can you do for me attitude. Um, and they want to know about your carbon footprint and your stance on BLM and all this judgment. And I find that hysterical. So I <laughs> put that up called F Off Chloe. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's anywhere. You can Google it. But uh, it's a, definitely a humor book. It's a light read. It's funny. Um, and uh, I think people enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And And, you know, really what I like about it, is that we have two choices in life because the people you describe irritate me to no end as well. And so I can either be angry at them uh, because they are offensive, or I can laugh at them and find them ridiculous. And I, I, I'm in a much better state mentally and even physically if I choose to ladder. So I'm a fan. You can get it all over the place. And, of course, we always have a link uh, to it over at uh, priceofbusiness.com whenever Jeremy's on the program. Jeremy, let's get into a topic that, of course, has uh, really captured uh, eyes and ears of people, uh, which is the indictments that has finally come down on President, uh, former President Trump. Uh, unlike the Manhattan uh, case that I found ridiculous against him, because, frankly, it is somewhat frivolous. It's something a lot of people participated in that type of, uh, of uh, you know, behavior, and uh, the, the, how long it took for them to take action made it all look very political. In fact, it, it was one of the great gifts that the Democrats gave to the Republicans, really, and making Trump look like a, uh, a victim in that process. This is different. This indictment is serious. I've uh, read over uh, much of it, and I'm in shock of what I've read. It's seriously written. It's not frivolous. And it's the kind of thing that has the potential of really uh, having an incredibly ruinous effect on him. But I look at it, Jeremy, and I think to myself, because of your, uh, the media's frivolous attitude when it came to the uh, Manhattan case, making it seem way more significant than what it was, this constant hate and disdain for Donald Trump, which is so obvious. And frankly, I get it. I don't like Donald Trump either. I'm one of his biggest critics. But that constant criticism and lack of objectivity, I think a lot of people look at the media's treatment of what's going on in the uh, documents case in Florida 
I think they look at it and they go, crying wolf again. Look, the media is crying wolf. They are so filtered not to believe the media when it comes to Trump, even though it, this is heavy-duty stuff. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's funny because it, the media uh, cycle, the, the way it developed is completely opposite. So the media really, really trumped up the Mueller thing, and they set up these huge expectations and going to be devastating and then it came out and Mueller equivocated and you know it was muddled and it was maybe this maybe that this one uh they really the the, the prosecutors really uh downplayed uh in the investigation and so when the indictment came out people were really shocked at how bad it was because they didn't mm-hmm. think that and that's a strategy you know uh we used to call it upod under promise over deliver and I think that is what kind of threw media for a loop is, wow, uh, this is really, we had no idea. I mean, he had documents in the bathroom. He was bragging about it and just how, how, um, you know, how brazen he was um, and the specificity of the indictment, I think really caught people by surprise. I mean, Bill Barr's out there, um, you know, um, uh, saying like you know how shocked he was, so I, I yeah. do think there's a sense of no one really understood the gravity of it until now, and now it's like wow, this is really serious. Yeah, Bill Barr, the former Attorney General of the United States under Trump, a man who really acted more like Trump's personal attorney. It's a very weird, uh, very weird uh, operation when it came to that. But he said if only half of this is true, he's going to be in serious trouble. And uh, but again, I, I, I think most Americans won't read the indictment. They won't even read articles about the indictment because they are, are, are even listen much to the news about the indictment because again, the media is so transparent and it's disdain for Trump. And therefore, I think it's lost its potency. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, it's so polarized, and half of the country doesn't believe anything bad about Trump, and the other half of the country just assumes, uh, you, whatever he's accused of, they assume that it's, uh, it's, it's true. And your, your point about the New York case is, is exact. It is so... Um, it's so complicated and uh, it's a stretch and, you know, it's never going to survive on appeal because they're, they're like, they're challenging laws to make that indictment. And, you know, all the cases, this is because he paid off a stripper to keep her, you know, to say, not, say did, don't say anything. Well, I'm going to tell you there's going to be a man on that jury who says, I do the same thing. I didn't want my wife to know. I mean, <laughs> so, um, it's really the weakest case. Um, this one is, uh, it's, it's really serious, but you're right. A half of the country doesn't believe it. And the fact that, you know, Biden and Pence also had documents really um, puts it in doubt, which is in public. I mean, they don't really understand the nuance, but most people are like, well, wait a minute, you know, everybody has this. So I think there's, right. it's not a slam dunk, but also, you know, it, you know, it, in South Florida, um, it's going to be the jury pool. And, you know, Palm Beach County is very Democrat. So, you know, if it's, if it's in West Palm, he's screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and that is, you know, that is a spoiler in all these cases. 
you know, he's always going to choose a jury trial because a judge was trying to obscure him, and it was done by a judge, this decision-making. Um, but, uh, you know, so that's always a factor, a potential spoiler for either side. Um, someone pro-Trump coming in and, and uh, just uh, saving him. Um, but I'm telling you, my, my view, I, I thought it was interesting. Judge Cannon, who has been uh, the subject of so much criticism for being pro-Trump, uh, literally helping um, deter investigators by some decisions she made from the bench, she's the judge in charge of this particular case. I found it fascinating that she has decided um, that she wants this trial to begin in August. That's really yeah, soon. That. That's really I unheard of for something of this significant. And I look at this, and I wonder if she's made a turn. Not, no longer. I think she has been biased for Trump. I think she still loves Trump. I think she's a big-time GOP fan and really has come to the conclusion he cannot survive these charges and that the GOP needs to be able to quickly as, movably, as quickly as possible move on to another candidate. You know, she. I think she felt burned because in the first – that with the master documents, all that stuff, um, she got under such scrutiny, and she put national spotlight. And I think now she's doing everything she can to avoid that. And so she's being like, I think she's being overly deferential, so she doesn't accuse get accused of that. But you know, uh, from everything I've read, you know, she does not have a lot of experience, and um, you know, anything that she anything she rules. They're going to challenge to an appeals court, and they'll probably win. Um, and by the way, that's Trump's strategy. You know, um, delay, delay, delay. Um, you know, he loves it. Anytime there's there's a challenge to something, they love it because it just runs out the clock. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, this is his strategy because if he can delay this until the election, um, and then you know, God forbid he gets elected. You know, there is um, there is some uh, ambiguity of if he can pardon himself, and this is a federal right. case. So I think that's right. the whole strategy. Yeah, well, there's no question. I, I get the impression that both Trump and Biden are running running from uh, running from prison rather than for president. I get that. I get that view from both. Biden has his own corruption issues that are chasing him. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, how did he make the kind of money that he was making post VP? Uh, how is it with these deals and his uh, son? Um, the only difference between Biden and Trump, I begin to believe on these uh, potential corruption deals. And again, there's not been any uh, convictions here. It's all accusations. But the only real difference is that Biden is subtle and Trump is not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Biden thing about, you know, how he made money, you know, as an ex-vice president or senator, they all do that, right? You know, if you look under the, the hood of any former president, they're giving speeches around the world. They're in Saudi. I mean, you know, that's kind of a, a, a Pandora's box. That's something like, you know, if you do, if you look, you're going to find everything. With Hunter Biden, wow, he's a real scumbag. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, um, you know, the, 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 how, yeah, like, his ego and his entitlement and his, his, um, his recklessness. And, you know, I got to say, I read that, um, you, you know, the settlement he made, that's a sweetheart deal. 
Um, and I'm really, really surprised they, they uh, whoever in the Justice Department did, I'm really surprised they agreed with that, knowing the scrutiny and knowing that this is in the spotlight, um, because it came across as a sweetheart deal. And I'm a, I'm a Democrat, and I read that, and I'm like, you know, someone is pulling the strings here because, you know, he was doing some pretty illegal stuff. And no, no question. There should be more consequences for this, and he's not even going to go to jail. No, no, no. And and you're talking about the fact that it's pretty ubiquitous for these people to make a huge fortune after they leave office. And there's no doubt about it. The difference is, especially someone who has been in the U was has been in senior government, a U.S. senator since Richard Nixon was president. Think about that. I'm pushing retirement age, and I I was like seven when he got elected to the U.S. Senate. (laughs) Think about that, Jeremy. And so this guy knows better. And so, yes, I think it's all very dark or gray, uh, but but most of them, you can go through it, and it's clearly legal, if uh, if not ethical. Uh, You and I both know know those two can be very different. We don't know if his behavior, his Biden's, Joe Biden's was ethical. And, you know, it, it to me is very nefarious. It feels like both are running for, for, from prison with a lot more passion than they are running for the White House. And neither of them combined, I look at them and I'm like, what in the world is this country do, doing choosing a megalomaniac on the right and someone who's clearly uh, struggling with senility? I'm not a do- doctor, but he's got, he's got dementia-type issues. You just listen to him. And how does it, how does a country uh, come down with these two choices? I mean, we could do a whole hour on that one. <laughs> right. You know, I used to live in in Washington D.C. Um, when I was uh, in college and I was interning, and I remember seeing these members of Congress with these giant townhomes in Georgetown and you know, uh, like uh, everywhere, all these big suburbs, McLean, Virginia, and I'm like. You know, it's really interesting because I know your salary, you're a public servant, and you live in a $50 million home. And I'm always fascinated that, you know, these politicians, they even do it while in Congress. You know, they, they waive laws about owning stock, and, and it's so corrupt. And, um, yeah. and I think it's kind of the deal. It's like, oh, I'll go into government, I'll make a lot of connections, and then I'll, when I leave, I'll lobby all, you know, and it's just so that I really um, that I'm kind of jaded about, you know, the Hunter Biden is uh, I, this guy's obviously like doing a lot of le- illegal stuff. But, you know, with Biden, you're right. I mean, I, I supported him, but he's not on his game. And, yeah. you know, that's really scary that, um, you know, I don't know about him getting elected again, because I think most people are like, OK. You know, like, we want a, a president who's spry and who's, like, you know, that's one job you need to be, you know, you need energy. You need to be focused. You need to be aggressive and, yep. you know, scheduling nap time. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to be cognizant and you need to be aware uh, and awake. And you need to have the motor skills to climb up and down the stairs whenever you're playing land. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's sad, and I, 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 it's not like I'm making fun of him. Actually, I have sympathy for him, but on the other hand, it's like okay, but we don't let people keep doing this type of thing when they have these challenges 
and they're that age. We just don't let them. I don't. I I, I find it alarming. We're really out of time. You got about thirty seconds, literally, to wrap it up. Jeremy Murphy, if you have a website you want to mention, do that as well. Uh, yeah, uh, www.360bespoke.com. It's my company. I do PR, branding, uh, corporate communications for lifestyle and small uh, startup and whatnot. And then I'm a writer on the side. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, uh, we always love having Jeremy Murphy on the show. Uh, always run out of time before we run out of conversation. That is the challenge. I am Kevin Price. <laughs> This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more after this.